This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Erin McGowan, certified personal trainer and using a ring light today. This is Ryan Stanger, certified personal trainer and electrolyte seeker. Mm, and you found the Dumbbells, a comedy fitness podcast. Committed to bringing you inspiration. Motivation. And sometimes information. Hey, Dumbbells, let's get dumb. The dum dum. Uh, do you ever drink electrolytes, Aaron? I don't. I, I don't. I, I, some, I sh- oh, you know, you know what? That's not true. Sometimes I'll buy water that has it in it and I just go with it. Yeah. You never do, you? do the little packets. No, and you know what? My husband does them all the time, and I think his water bottle, sometimes I'll forget, and I like will be like, can I have a sip of water, and I'll drink from his water bottle, and it tastes like old fruit punch. salty. Oh, fruit punch. Some shit. It's so bad, and then I, I spit it out, and I was like, I forgot you do this shit. And then, you know, he's like, oh, sorry. Old fruit punch. Uh, gotta, have <laughs> the new, gotta have it new. Fruit punch <laughs> is something you want new. I guess unless you want to get buzzed, then you can get fermented. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Um, great. So why don't you introduce our guests so that we can, uh, stop torturing the listeners. I, torture our, requires a few more minutes, but we'll banter. get into it because this I intro know. I have been practicing so I don't fuck it up. Welcome to the weight room. We have actor, writer, storyteller, prettiest, coolest girl. <laughs> you probably know Santina Muha. Oh my God. Hi. Coming at us from the East Coast, right? That's right. I'm here now, Jersey Summer. This is wild. Santita is usually a Hollywood chick. <laughs> well, I like to say Jersey girl, LA woman. Ooh, I like that. I- <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Santita, you do have some good sayings about yourself, which maybe more will come out through the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do like to be on brand with whatever brand I make up about mm-hmm. myself. Absolutely. And you you hit it. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool doing um, having somebody across the U.S. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we kind of take it for granted, right? We're just It is pretty interesting. I mean, we're in you know different time zones and we can mm-hmm. all talk at the same time. I think about male sometimes too, where it's like, it's just like <laughs> the old man stinger. <laughs> but you know how it's like, it's, it's like, how, Aaron, say I gave you a letter that I wanted you to get to Santina. <laughs> okay. And you had to drive it. And I said, okay. here's this letter. I want you to get it to her. How much will it cost you to get to her? And would you say like 50 cents or would you say like, it's going to cost you a thousand bucks? I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah, that would cost you a lot of money. Yeah, for me to I drive it to Santina. U.S. mail is crazy. It's 50 cents. Like, right, it's right over there. <laughs> well, I will say that I did, when I decided to spend my summer here in Jersey, I went on to the U.S. Postal Service website. And um, had them forward my mail, but I'm still getting some of it is still going to LA, and I don't understand why that's happening. Uh, and also, it does cost. I don't understand how the post office keeps raising their prices. Did they not realize that they're lucky that we're even still talking to them at all with all the technology <laughs> that we have? Yeah, with email, it feels <laughs> like with email they should be uh, giving us a better deal. Yeah. Emails, emails, tough on the old post office. They're like, oh shit. 
email. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. see that coming. No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so such a good start to this podcast. <laughs> I think I think getting a handwritten letter is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous feeling, yeah, right? It is. It is. It's it lovely. is. That's true. My grandma does still write me letters, and they're always like the the weather. Um, what she had for lunch most recently and, uh, how am I doing? And, uh, and she's praying for me every day, which, you know what? I think she is. Cause that's, Aww. that's what else you have. You know, the implication uh, is that you're going to hell if she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm praying for you. Like if she thought you were living a godly virtuous life, she wouldn't be praying for you every day. She's like, honey, I'm she's... praying to the Lord that you don't burn in hell. <laughs> every Freaking day over here. You're over in LA with a bunch of sinners. A lot of sinners <laughs> in New York on the East Coast. Um, so Santina, we got a lot to talk. We got a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, we both know yet. I've known you f- for a long time. We've known each other for over ten years, probably. Yeah, um, about about ten years. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah so, moved to LA about ten years ago. Yeah, time wow. rips by. Um, you have a good personal relationship with Aaron. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron. Uh, training you in physical fitness, but um, we'll start. We'll, we'll build towards that, I guess, because that's probably you know more recent. But let's go all the way back. We like to go all the way back with people. So, um, tell us what kind of background you have in exercise and fitness, and uh, what you did as a kid, what you did, you know, midpoint in life, what you're doing now, all that kind of stuff. And- oh, okay. All the way back, let's see. Well, I mean, I I grew up with two Italian grandparents off the boat, so I ate very well, like very well. Like we had a garden in the backyard, so like every time that like my nonna would be cooking, she'd be like, Sandina, va fuori, va bigami, due carote, and I'd run outside and I'd pull basil and two carrots right up out of the ground and run them inside. And I mean, I mean, I ate well, I ate very well and healthy and um. That's heaven. So, what that what part heaven. of what part of Italy um, were they from, or were, are you from? They're Sicilian, most mostly. Oh, Sicilian. Mostly. Okay, cool. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, Sicilian cuisine is traditionally is it like um, what is it? It's not a ton of <laughs> pasta, right? Yeah, there's some pasta, but it's like light. It's like Mediterranean. You know what yeah. I mean? A lot of like fish and stuff. But they no, we're we're talking about. Uh, two people who when my mom and her brothers found like rabbits they said you can keep the rabbits as pets in the garage and then after about a week or two the rabbits disappeared (gasps) and and it was Mm. a good sauce for dinner that night i mean we're talking about very old school Uh yeah so they didn't that's why i wasn't there for that I wasn't there for that. I wasn't. You weren't there for the rabbit murder. No, I wasn't alive yet. So by the time I was born, I think that they had, um, you know, not they. They sort of had like cut that bullshit. They realized you could just go to the store by that point. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, you're not, you know, if you're coming from like a rural part of Sicily, you know, that's just what people did, and they're not going to waste anything, and so, and then you come out here and you just have access to like, you know meat freezers and stuff it's just like all right well that's yeah it's easier but Um, i ate very well and then you know i was typical i was a typical little girl in the suburbs climbing trees and riding my bike around town and just 
running through the sprinklers and catching fireflies and, you know, just like living the, the life of a little did, Jersey girl. Did Beaches, they encourage, beach days. Did they encourage you to play sports? Were they like soccer people or any of that kind no, of stuff? No, no. You know what? I was in dance. I was in dance and I was okay. very good. Mm. I was like in it, uh, in advanced class when I was little. I was a very good dancer. Did you do all that. of them like the jazz tap? Uh, what are uh, all the, I don't know. Hip hop, ballet. Right? Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember exactly which one, but I do remember that I was preparing for my dance recital and the song was Gloria Estefan's one, two, three, four. Come on, baby, say you love me. Five, <laughs> six, seven, seven times. Yeah, yes. that's great. I do is remember. That her solo or is that Miami Sound Machine? You know, I don't, that's tough. Who gives know. a shit? <laughs> uh, it's not a good it's not a good reason for us to lose momentum on your okay. <laughs> interesting storytelling uh, okay so that's what I was sort of doing when I was little and I was very active and very all of that yes I I um I did some dance when I was a kid like I did a play and this this lady that ran this dance company saw me and like, I was just like really mugging with my face in this play. And she was like, I don't have any guys that do any of my dance, you know, in my, in my dance company, would you come and I'll tr treat you from the beginning. But just to give you an idea of how far back I go, it did, wasn't even called hip hop at the time. It was called street jazz. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how corny is that? <laughs> but it was it was hip hop because that's what we were doing. But they did, I didn't even think there was that genre of music. It was street jazz. This was back in the 1940s, uh, right after oh, World yeah. War II. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just like to pop in here and say it's one, two, three. Gloria Estefan and Miami Sound Machine. Oh my! So she was getting top billing then. Yeah, uh, top billing good for her. Deserved. Um, I would love to see that. Do you have tape of it? Well. Unfortunately, here's where the sad music comes in. I never got to do that recital because I was in a car accident that uh, let, paralyzed me from the waist down. I could so after that I couldn't walk, which ironically Gloria Estefan almost oh, was was in a bus accident and almost uh, was yeah. paralyzed herself. But that's another. I, I feel like maybe I should go on a Gloria Estefan podcast at some point. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so yeah, I have a lot to say, but. Um, so then, yeah, so I, ne I never got to do that recital. Isn't that a bummer? So when, when I think of sad songs, that one always comes up in my mind. The, the bumping Miami sound machine, one, two, three, four, is one of the saddest songs I can think of because I really wanted to do that recital. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, my that's God. Mad that's, get you. that's maddening. Not um, that somebody in a wheelchair can't dance, as we all know, but at that point, I was just trying to survive, uh, I, and so I missed the... I was in the hospital for a year, so I missed the recital. Yeah, that's tough on anybody, tough on a kid, and it's 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 yeah. a demarcation. So that sign that so that song represents, you know, uh, like a demarcation in your life where something happened, you know. Um, yeah. So okay, so you know, you had this kind of typical childhood to where you're running and playing, and you know, so how did that change, you know, after your accident? And what what were some of the ways that you tried to stay active? You know, I guess once you once you were stabilized enough to where you were going to survive and live, and then yeah. you know, and then start to kind of figure out, you know, what your day to day is going to be. Yeah, because you know, like for that first year, it was a lot of. Well, for the first few months, it was coma. So uh, I wasn't 
doing any exercise <laughs> at all. But fun fact, um, the a doctor once described to me, you know, he said, you know, all that energy that like a five-year-old has to just they, where they keep running around the room, basically like a zoomies, but for a yeah. child. Uh-huh. Um, he said that you you used that energy internally to heal, which I thought was like an interesting visual, right? My body wow. just using that energy I would have been using to climb trees or whatever to sort of heal my body and all of that. I think that's like very interesting. So yeah, then that's once I cool. It is, right? So then once I got out of that whole thing, um, and then I went into physical therapy and started to learn how to get around, you know, not by walking, but by pushing a wheelchair and just, you know, I would do different exercises and things like that. And then once I got out of the hospital, um, I still had physical therapy, but you know how, like, I don't know, who wants to do any, like, I just wanted to play. I was six, seven, by that point I was seven once I got out of the hospital. And, um... Who wants to like go to physical therapy after school when all your friends are playing? So I didn't want to do that. So, um, but, but I really didn't, I don't know, did I need to maybe, but for, for certain things like stretching and stuff, but because I was so young, I did get enough exercise. I was still active. I just, I adapted very quickly. That's what kids do. Right. I mean, Mm. if you think about it, you're crawling and then you're walking. Right. And so for me, I was crawling. Then I was walking. Then I was in a wheelchair. At that point, I didn't know if other people were also going to start being in a wheelchair. I didn't know if that was the next phase, you know. And then as I got older, I realized, oh, no, this is sort of unique to not just me, but, you know. Um, So it wasn't like, oh, not all my friends are now going to be getting around this way. But I just adapted to it and that was it. And then I would, you know, like my friend Allison lives up the street for me. And so I would just push my wheelchair, you know, mom, I'm going to, can I go play with Allison? Okay. And I'd push my wheelchair up the street to go to Allison's house. And then she had steps, so I couldn't knock on the door. So I'd have to like, just yell her name. <laughs> Allison! <laughs> or like throw things God. on. This, this that's door. so cute. But, but that's it's like I out did. of a movie or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what I did. I mean, it sounds maybe depressing, but when you're little, you just, you don't know and you don't care. You'll do whatever it takes, you know, to play. You don't yeah, know. you just want to play. Who cares? Yeah. It and then like, oh, swimming was always great. Like when summer came around, swimming was, I was so proud of myself um, when I learned how to swim without swimmies, you know, because I had been a re- very good swimmer when I was little. My next door, we didn't have a garden because we, I mean, we didn't have a pool because we had that beautiful garden, but my next door neighbors had a pool. So I'd go to their pool all the time. And I loved it. And then once I had the accident, I had to relearn how to swim. Mm-hmm. And so I had sw- back to swimmies. And then I learned how to swim without the swimmies and I was so proud. And that's always very, very good exercise for somebody who can't, you know, use their legs because you can really keep yourself above water. And my friend, we had a pool in my yard, my, um, in my new house, my friends would come over and we'd go swimming. And that always felt like I loved anything that put me on equal playing ground as my friends, you know? Yeah, yeah. of course. I, it's so relatable, you know, talking about the, the tedium of, not wanting to do physical therapy because even as like an adult where you recognize the benefits of it, you still don't want to fucking do it. Cause it's not fun. It's just like repetitive, tedious bullshit. So when you're a kid, it's just like, fuck that shit. I don't want to, <laughs> what are you fucking crazy? Yeah. I like then- OT because in OT we would do occupational therapy. We would do things like today we're going to make brownies because we have to teach you how to like get around in the kitchen. So I'd be like, cool, let's make brownies, you know? So <laughs> yeah. OT, I like but physical therapy. Like you said, it's repetitive. It's just like, I don't want to catch the ball. 
My dog. <laughs> uh, and then also, you know, speaking to being a kid, you know, one in it helping you and probably unique to you because you're a pretty vibrant, energetic person. Um, but being able to kind of heal yourself miraculously, um, you know, using that like what's unique to you and your little kid energy. And then also how adaptive kids are. We, we talk about something called a white belt mentality. You know, if you think about martial arts to where um, if if you're okay with not being good at something, you can keep learning new things because it's like, okay, I'll go through the awkward stage of it and then get good at it. And it's something we lose as we get older. When you're a kid, you know, you'll try, yeah, let's do it. And you can be bad at it and you'll keep practicing and then get great at it. And Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering if, you know, because you're a great actor and improviser and all that kind of stuff, I wonder if that's, you know, because you just are like, so experienced and adept at be at being able to adapt to things, you know, because you had to, like you said, walk, you know, you know, crawl, walk, figure out Mm -hmm. a wheelchair, like learn Mm -hmm. that stuff. And then you're constantly like your brain, you're, you're, you're like kind of nurturing interesting parts of your brain to where you're constantly learning new ways to adapt and work around things and figure out how you can participate, you know, cause like remember in gym, like the parachute game when you were little and um, all these little things that I wanted to do. And so, or, you know, we'd play volleyball or we'd play, you know, whatever. And um, so I always wanted to participate. So I would always think about, how can I do this? And, um, and you're right. I mean, that's, that's improv from the beginning, right? Yeah. Not to mention all, yeah, the whole time. Plus not to mention all the people that come up to me and say the same stupid jokes over and over my whole life. And I have to pretend (laughs) like it's funny. That also taught me how to improv. But, Jesus but yeah, <laughs> I know. What a fucking nightmare. Oh my God. You got a, you got a license for that thing. screaming with laughter (laughs) holy shit dude that's fucking funny what are you shecky green Uh, that's fucking great so 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 at what point did it transition from you know just kind of natural exercise and wanting to participate and be involved to you having agency and saying like, you know what? I want to, I want to exercise. Like I'm going to do specific kind of exercises because that all hits us at some point, you know, it's like you go from just kind of naturally being active as a kid to where you're like, mm-hmm. Oh shit, I got to fucking do something here. <laughs> I got to. <laughs> <sighs> I know. Well, you know, I mean like, Oh, and also in high school, I was a cheerleader. So, uh, okay. So you're doing stuff with that. So I was so doing that's great. stuff with that, you know, like, and I would learn the dances and, again, adapt to them, um, the best that I could. And, and that was like, sort of, I guess, natural exercise, but you know, on a schedule or whatever. So that was that, um, God, honestly, I, I don't know. And then I guess like I was always, when as a kid, I was always blessed, like, you know, with the type of metabolism where you I could eat whatever and sort of never really gain weight and just like be healthy and fit until probably around college and that like whole like freshman 15 situation. And Mm -hmm. that was probably around the first time that I started to be like, Oh, I guess I have to start thinking about health and not eat French fries, like disco fries or whatever, drenched in gravy, you know, like, (laughs) wait, wait, hold on. Let's let's, 
Yeah, whoa, 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 disco fries. Let's <laughs> yeah, tell. I think that's Jersey's ver- uh, version of poutine, right? So you go to a, di- oh. a di- like a diner and you get disco fries, and they're usually smothered in some cheese and then gravy, and oh. you're just eating them at like midnight. And I'll never, I'll never forget this is the literal <laughs> best piece of advice my father ever gave me ever in my life. He told me that sumo wrestlers in order to gain like the extra amount of weight that they gain he said they would eat they eat a big meal right before bed because then you won't work any of it off so once he told me that that sort of lived in my brain of like okay maybe don't eat disco fries and then immediately go to sleep Because then maybe I would do picture. what sumo wrestlers don't like. Maybe yeah. do the opposite. Maybe not. <laughs> right. Because whatever, it's fine to gain a little weight here and there. And you're like, but sumo wrestler weight, I just didn't know that was <laughs> my goal. So, um, so that was a good piece of advice they gave me. And then, uh, and then, and then in college, another good piece of advice someone gave me was like, brush your teeth at like um, after dinner and then you won't eat like yeah. one chip at 10 p.m. And if you don't eat one chip, then you won't eat 50 chips, right? So yeah, that, that person another. never met me. I'll tell you that right now. Wow. Those were, <laughs> so like I started, once I got into those, like that age range, I started thinking about how, what are the, the easy things that I can do, the most manageable things that I could do yeah. to sort of stay. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I've never been a, uh, well, to be honest, gyms are not very wheelchair friendly. I and mean, you can maybe find one or two machines that you can adapt or uh, maybe things are better now. I don't know. Cause to be honest, I really don't do much research on that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, when it just didn't, I don't know. I was never like that type of person that was like, I'm going to wake up early and go. You weren't a gym freak. I, no, I've never been like an exercise freak. No. Uh, that's some good advice from your dad. Doesn't it, you guys, doesn't it suck that freshman 15, even that term even exists? Like there's a reason for that term. I know. Freshman 15. I, and, and mine was freshman 30. Thing. So it just doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it. <laughs> just, well, just. I mean, it's like, you, what do you do? You drink, you're drinking a lot of alcohol. Oh, yeah. You're smoking a lot of weed, which is making you eat a lot of junk at late at night. You're, you're going to a, a dining hall with like you swipe a card and then it's basically a buffet every day. And then what are you choosing? There's no adults around being like, eat your vegetables. So I'm like, okay, no, you're a hundred percent fries. We're going to have, you're not thinking about, you know, you are, you're right. And it's, you're off your schedule and you're off yeah. your sleep schedule. And right. so, yeah. So all that kind of shit like fucks with you and it's just, um, and then your whole, your there's hormone changes happening mm-hmm. and all that kind yep. of stuff. So it's just, a. Uh, a recipe a for storm. 15 for <laughs> some, th- 30 for Aaron. <laughs> mine was yeah. all Applebee's. That's the worst part about mine is that I didn't even drink until I was out of college. It was Applebee's. Wait, so you're, you, your 30 was the shitty food from Applebee's? Oh my God. Yes. I, it was <laughs> that I would get a, an appetizer for that most people shared and I would eat the whole thing. Like I was a dog with territorial problems. What what was this appetizer? What's in it? Was it the sampler where you get a little bit of everything? Different ones, but the sampler and the quesadilla were my go-tos. That quesadilla Mm. was the size of my torso and I ate the whole thing, but we went like five nights a week. And this was like, this was like, I've eaten three meals. So this was my like night meal. You know, I was prepping to be a sumo wrestler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's tough. It's tough when you, I don't know, like for me growing up in a house 
where people were making this fresh homemade food yeah. and then you go into a situation where it's All like processed. sloppy joe or whatever just <laughs> every day like you know what i mean it's yeah gross, god but. yeah your body did not know what was happening <laughs> right what what was your favorite um home cooked meal that your what what do you call your grandma nonna no 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 yeah. Okay. What what was your favorite meal that she prepared? Oh, or give on. us one or two, give us one or two. Well, I love stuffed artichokes and I yeah. love mm. like um lasagna. Um she would make like was these she, like asparagus frittata, any sort of pasta that she made Was she doing good. like a meat lasagna or with mm-hmm. the ricotta? Always ricotta, always, but yeah, yeah and meat and sauce and no, I don't like vegetable lasagna personally. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but she would make good, like, she would do, like, sauteed zucchini, which, um... That's good you know, for the garden. Yeah, yeah, asparagus. There was always vegetables, like, good vegetables yeah. with the pasta, with the whatever. And it just was a lot of garlic, a lot of everything just tasted good. Every single thing. I would not a picky. That's another thing, too. I've never been a picky eater when I was little. I wasn't like, no, I only want macaroni and cheese. No, I was never like that. I <laughs> eat most foods. You know, I was always a pretty good eater. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I've seen some zucchinis in gardens that are fucking like the size of like a blimp. I mean, like yeah. fucking huge, or they're like, holy <laughs> shit, what the fuck? It's like a James and the Giant Peach situation. <laughs> <laughs> Santina yeah. and the giant zucchini that are Oh, God, from your lips to God's ears. Okay. Oh, Aaron, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, my mom used to make herself like, um, like zucchini because none of the rest of us would eat it. And so I just like my mom would have like her little side of zucchini. And now I'm thinking I haven't even given zucchini a chance as being like an adult. So maybe oh. I should circle back. It's so good. Preparation you, is key you, because it can, yeah. people can fuck it up. It can be mushy. It can be watery. But if you, if you prep it the right way, it's delicious. You know, what's fucking shocking is like zucchini bread is actually good too. No, that's Have you guys ever good. tried that? that? Yeah. yeah. That, that's it's like, fire. how is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like it would be because it's, it's almost true. like banana bread vibes, but you're like, how did this happen? I guess it's just the moisture or something. In I there. love I don't how know. shocked you are that zucchini bread is good, because I. but it makes sense. It, I mean, it makes sense that it doesn't make sense that it's good. Because it is a. we don't have like squash bread, do we? Well, pumpkin is in that family. Isn't it? Yeah, oh, you're that's right. true. Pumpkin, pumpkin bread is so good. good. And that's good. All right. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> okay. So, Santina, what about the day you called me to come train your ass? Oh, well, yeah. well, well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Really? <laughs> you're ready to get to the good stuff? Give me, give right. me like two more minutes. So, okay. Okay. you're in college. You're making these kind of like... Um, actionable changes, you know, stuff that you can do, like just thinking about being mindful of like when you're eating and meal timing mm. and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, then, I gave um, up soda for Lent one of those years. And then, oh, um, which was a very good thing because I had never not had soda, you know, I mean, my father, my stepdad, when I was little was very big on drinking milk with dinner. So like I had that. And so was my mom. That's interesting. What was that? Yeah. 
And it was so annoying when I had friends over because they wouldn't make them do it. So they would drink soda right in front of me. Ugh, so oh. annoying. I know. But then <laughs> when you're in a, when you're like in school, you know, getting college, it's like carte blanche. So I would just drink soda. And then one year I gave it up for Lent, which was really good because then once Lent was over and I had my first soda, I was like, whoa, this is sweet. Right. It like got me. And then that sort of forever, I tempered my soda drinkage, which I think is really good because soda is like a sleeper. Mm. I try not yeah. to drink my calories whenever possible. I don't really drink any alcohol anymore either. So I really try not to, I, I love food. And I, so I try never to drink my calories whenever possible. I don't drink like sugary coffee drinks. I drink a lot of tea and I hardly ever sweeten it. So like for me, when I can avoid get, um, drinking my calories, I will, but I will yeah. sometimes drink a Coke these days when I, I go through like Coke phases. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was your uh, soda of choice? Mm, Coke, cherry Coke. Mm. I like a Shirley Temple when I go out to the bar. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows that. Everyone will know it after this podcast. Those are good Everyone. as hell. I when we were little, uh, my sister and I would go to restaurants, and I liked the Shirley Temple, but I felt like it was too much of a girl drink. Isn't that sad? Aww. So I like wouldn't have it, and then like um, there was an, another one that was similar called the Roy Rogers, which yeah, was. Yeah, Coke with grenadine just wasn't as didn't hit the same. But I would get no, the Roy but Rogers. It is a little more manly though. Yeah, say. yeah. All this oh, fucking how, stupid little, gender stuff. Yeah, you were a little guy dealing with toxic masculinity already. Aww. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry. Everybody should should feel bad for me. Um, everybody <laughs> should feel really bad for me. <laughs> Being a, a cis white male in this world, fucking. I got it. It's stacked against me, guys. Uh, <laughs> no privilege. Hi, what's up, Bell Babies? It's Aaron interrupting the episode to talk to you guys about Athletic Greens. You know them. You love them. We love them. Stanger. Stanger's in here. I am. I'm here to tell you I got into Athletic Greens through this podcast through my co-host, Ryan Stanger. Everybody at Athletic Greens hooked it up, and now I want to hook you guys up, okay? Athletic Greens is, what is it, Aaron? Athletic Greens is like a simple way to start your day on a healthy note, okay? This is one scoop of Athletic Greens. Easy, they even give you a scoop. You don't even have to figure it out. You scoop it, you Put it in some nice, cold, crisp water. You shake it up, and guess what? Your day is off to the races. You are getting, in one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right, y'all. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, There's more, your energy, recovery, focus, and cuckoo aging, all of those things. Now, I'm going to tell you, I do this first thing in the morning. I've got my husband to do it. Now he's doing it every morning. We we like the feeling of, hey, we don't know what's going to happen the rest of the day. It might go off the rails, but we know we're at least starting the morning off getting some good foundation in our life. Okay. Now it is lifestyle friendly. So whether you're eating keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, dairy free, (laughs) dairy free or gluten free, 
you're going to be okay. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It has like a, what is it? It's like a mild tropical flavor. It's actually, it's really good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. So if you're worried about getting back in the gym the next day, this can help. Now I will say it, like if you're trying to do, get all of the nutrition that comes in athletic greens, if you're trying to like buy each and every one of these things on your own, it's going to be very overwhelming. Now, the founder of Athletic Greens, he was he was experiencing a lot of gut health and was spending over $100 a day to get all of these nutri- nutrients into one single day, okay? So he wanted to create Athletic Greens, so he could kind of put that all in one easy-to-use like formula and then put it out for people so they don't have to like deal with what he had to deal with. Okay. So yes, it costs you less than $3 a day and that's cheaper than my cold brew habit. Maybe not yours, but maybe. Okay. Where my cold brew habit folk out there. Okay. Now just know you are investing in yourself in this, in your body. So let's hook it now. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dumbbells. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash dumbbells to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This episode of the Dumbbells is brought to you by Manukora Honey. Okay, now when I say the word honey, you are probably thinking and picturing that the stuff that comes in the little plastic bear-shaped bottles at the supermarket that's so cute, but this is nothing like that, okay? This is legit, okay? Manukora makes Manuka honey. This is a, like, super honey that comes from New Zealand where the bees are fancy, okay? They only feed on the nectar of the Manuka tea tree, this this produces a honey that is something like like it is rich and creamy like i didn't even believe i was eating honey the first time i tried this like it almost is like a caramelized texture you can use it just like the honey you're used to but the manuka honey is extra incredible because it also contains unique antioxidants and prebiotics as well as a natural antibacterial compound called MGO that only comes from the nectar of this tea tree. Now, honestly, this feels like something Stanger would have found and told everyone about. So now we can have like the like we're ahead of it, you know, so now we can be the fancy people. Now I get to be the fancy people. Okay, so Manukora sent me a jar and a squeeze bottle of their 850 plus MGO Manuka honey. This is their best-selling product. This honey caramel, it's like, 
it's like confusing because it's honey, but it feels like you're putting caramel on your peanut butter sandwich. It melts in your mouth. It is unlike truly anything I have ever tried. You can get a spoonful, you can put it in your tea at night, or you can just, you know, drizzle it on your dinner. <laughs> at this point, you can put it on anything and it's really, really good. Now, I will say they also have like a little QR code that tells you the story of the beekeeper that made your honey, which I think is really cute. Um, my honey was made by Colin McLean and I just like, you guys can look him up, but he has been like working on like on making honey for like 15 years. And he's got a cute picture with all his bees and his little beehive. So check him out, Colin. Okay. Back to the business. If you head to manukora.com slash dumbbells or you code or use code dumbbells, you'll automatically get an extra free pack of 850 plus honey sticks with your order. That's a $15 value. Now, I love the jar and squeeze bottle, but the extra pack of compostable honey sticks is perfect. Whether you're on the go, you can bring them with you when you're traveling, need a quick snack running errands, and they are the perfect energy boost if you're out for a run or at the gym. So that's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash dumbbells or use code dumbbells to get a free pack of compostable honey sticks with your order. Check it out. Let's get back to the show, baby. Okay, so then I guess we can, you know, so so you're kind of like you're figuring it out. You're making healthy choices when you can, you know, reasonably. You're still a young person, of course. So right, and then at that time too, what I would go out to like clubs, frat parties, like whatever, and I would like you don't realize how much you're exercising by dancing four nights a week in a sweaty basement. I mean, yeah. that's great <laughs> exercise. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So yeah. like I would do that or like, then, I mean, like I said, I'm a Jersey shore girl. So summer would roll around and we, every night you're like going to a different club and you're dancing and all of that really, that was exercise. I mean, not that I mm-hmm. thought of it that way, but I would, I look back at pictures of myself, like, in my twenties. And I'm just like, my God, I never really thought about exercise or thought about stuff like that. And I was thin my whole twenties, you know? And then once I got a little older, my thirties, and like I said, I sort of like stopped drinking just for no particular reason. I just didn't like the feeling of hangovers or whatever. And, um, and I stopped going out to bars and clubs because that turned into a nightmare (laughs) <laughs> it's funny how that changes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you're just not net na- for me. I just wasn't naturally exercising anymore. And that's around the time where I started to be like, Oh, I have to do this. Well, is that when you moved to LA around? Yeah. Around the same time around. And when I first moved to LA, I lived by the Grove. And so I would again, naturally exercise most days. Cause I would just push myself. I didn't have a car when I first moved to LA. So I just sort of push myself around town, push myself through the Grove. And that was like, that to me is my favorite type of exercise when you're going from point A to point B and the scenery along the way is nice, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. It's like, um, like natural kind of 
exercise or like it's like how people like playing basketball instead of like going and mm-hmm. running sprints. There's something to do. There's a point. There's a game for you. Yes. It's not a game, but it's like you get to go, you get to get out, you get to be social. Um, even if you're not like hanging out with people, you're still like out in the world living your life. And exactly. it's exercise. Exactly. And then after a few years of living in LA, I, you know, started to get maybe like complacent. And then the area, cause I wasn't, I was living around the Grove in the first place, which happens to be a very accessible area. And then I moved to Los Feliz, which is more of like, um, I don't know. I, I always say, call it like the Greenwich village of LA sort of. Because that makes sense. Yeah, it's a kind of city, but but the sidewalks are real janky and they're like jutting up and there's branches like or roots like just pushing the sidewalks up and then so what and it got worse, progressively worse over the six, seven years I was living in that area. And so what started out as like, oh, I'm gonna go push myself, you know, take a day and just stroll around town. I'd be like, I'm not dealing with that today. And little by little you just don't do any don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. And you're like I'll just drive to the 7-Eleven around the corner rather than push there because I don't want to deal yeah. with the construction on the side street or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that that was something we were talking about before we started recording was that how if you live in an accessible area and you are in a wheelchair, how much you can, you know, be more active and exercise and, you know, participate without having to drive and how important that is. Um, yeah. It's like when I was in when I, when I'm in LA, I would take one or two weeks out of the year and stay in this really nice, like bougie, expensive hotel. Um, it's called shutters. It's like Santa Monica, Venice area. And I would just, I would treat myself to it because every morning I could wake up and stroll along. They have like a really nice like bike path for like, you know, roller skaters and skateboarders, whatever, just like it's a very rollable town, Venice, Santa Monica, like along the beach. Mm-hmm. So I would do that and every morning get up and go for like a stroll and take my dog along the area and not have to worry about looking down um, and worry about hitting a sidewalk or hitting something. Like now I understand why older people exercise in the mall because it, it, you're not going to fall. Oh, you're just, yeah. it's, everything is flat. And to me, that's, huge it's huge so i don't have to play like you know level 40 of a video game that's how it feels like when you're rolling around those feelings because you're like whoop gotta go this no gotta go this oh, eh, this sidewalk doesn't have a ramp gotta double back whoop, whoop, whoop. you know it's so annoying and when you're in a place like that you can just go free and you don't have to look down and worry about what hopping over things or running over something or being stopped by even like even like a pebble, you don't have to worry about in that area as much because everything is super flat. And I love that. And actually where I'm in New Jersey right now for the summer is similar. I just take my little butt down to the boardwalk and go up and down. And then there's like a pier. I go down to the pier and every single day I'm getting out and it's like, great. And I feel good about that because I don't have to feel guilty when I talk to Erin about not, because we, for a while there, we were doing what, two two days a week or yeah. something. Okay. Twice a week, yeah. so, so let's, that's a good transition. Let's get into that now. So, yeah. so, so how did this all start? Well, I was sort of like, okay, I need to start exercising. And, uh, so one of the things, one of my favorite, one of my favorite exercises to this day is Richard Simmons sweat into the oldies. I actually yeah. bought it. I love it so much. Not only is it a great character study because, <laughs> 
is wow. Yeah. Wow with the people. But it's just like fun. And Richard is just so encouraging. And I just hate what we did to him as a society. And I feel really bad. And I love him so much. And um, Oh, he's so precious. I mean, he, he couldn't I be know. more lovable. I know. And we all we could say was, why is he wearing those shorts? I just, I'm so mad at us. We ruined him. We did. Yeah, Marvel. I mean, he was a he was like a like a punchline, and it's just ridiculous, yeah. you know. Ridiculous. I mean, and he, you know, he would like call people. You'd meet fans and get their phone number and call them to check in and make sure they were hitting their goals. I mean, this was this was a treasure, and we are jerk offs collectively. And, as a and like, and he was so funny. Like he was I funny. As, he yeah. knew what he was happy. doing. He was yeah. happy, and we were like, "Who's yeah. this loser who's happy all the time?" We we suck. And so I, somewhere along the line, felt bad about it and started to be like, I'm buying this. I'm not ripping it off YouTube. I'm sending Richard Simmons money and buying this sweat into the oldies. And I would do it every day and it was fun. But I, but just like anything else in my life, especially, if I don't have accountability, it's not lasting long. Sure. So once I saw Erin, who I knew from comedy, she posted something that was like, I'm going to be personal training now. And I thought this is great. Number one, she's fun and I like her and it's a good person to like spend time with. Number two, I knew she would motivate me and I would have accountability. And number three, I knew she was dating at the time, someone who was in a wheelchair and now they're married. And I was like, this is great because she has experience, personal daily experience with a wheelchair user, which I think is important for someone like me when um, I'm looking for a trainer because there's just like shorthand language and stuff that it's just easier when someone already knows it. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. Aaron has a weird connection to Richard Simmons also. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I love him too. You used, I, I didn't have. you, didn't you do his tapes? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's like my, uh, I have like That's your a kind few of part songs. of your fitness origin story. Is, yeah. 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 That I have a few songs of his that I will still like dance around to where I like remember the choreography. Oh, me too. Yeah. There are certain yeah. songs that if I'm out and I hear them, I'm immediately I can I can hear his vo- I like hear his voice, you know. And like what? some of the like the one <laughs> woman that would get to sing sometimes, I always wanted yeah. to be her. Like I was like, oh God, I could maybe I could sing a song and like I could do the dance and I could do that too, you know. Like you know, I love I love Richard Simmons. He was, and I do worry about him. Before the carnival he dis- one was my favorite. The carnival. Before Ooh. he. He disappeared. He was still teaching at his studio in LA. Yeah. And yeah. one of my clients loved him. And I was like, you got to fucking go. And she was able to go like one of the last couple classes that he taught. She got yeah. pic- pictures with him and stuff. And she was like, met and exceeded all expectations. <laughs> I I had a run in with him. Like I'm talking days before he disappeared. I might have the last really? picture with him that exists. <gasps> I might. And he was so sweet and he was very nice to me and he was very complimentary. And he started singing the little mermaid to me. Cause he just said like, you remind me of, of the little mermaid. And I wrote my college essay about the little mermaid. So I was like, oh, he sees me. He gets it. He you know? sees you. Yes. Oh yeah. God. So I had a very he sweet does moment see you. with him. He did. I had a sweet moment with him myself. Thank God. And now I oh. feel, I just want him to, I hope he's okay. Me too. Wow. I'm really jealous in a positive way. Definitely not a negative way. Wow. That's really cool. <laughs> that was good. Oh, I just, I always wanted to go to his dance class, but I didn't get in before he was, before he was disappeared. God damn it. Hey, 
Um, okay, so so you guys you connect. Well, and- we connect and we and I had just like just become a trainer. So I was like very nervous and then the pandemic started. <laughs> so then it was immediately. Like, immediate, truly immediately. And then um I like it was remember March like March of 2020 when we yeah. had our first meeting. Yeah. Yeah. It was really perfect timing. And so then I sent you like some like workout videos to try. I remember like, I remember like, cause you and Jason are similar injury levels. So I would be like, Jason, try this. And he'd be like, okay. So he was my guinea pig. And I sent you a couple of videos. And then later on, you're like, yeah, I, I don't, I didn't do that. Um. I didn't do any of it. If you're not there telling me, you look looking great, doing great. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I, that's part of my problem. I listen. That's how I write too. If I don't have a deadline or some sort of accountability, I, it's hard for me to write as well. It's just, it's hugely, it's hugely relatable. It comes up a lot on the show with yeah. listeners, mm-hmm. um, writing in and asking questions. And so if people don't have the resources for a personal trainer, the recommendation is find a workout partner and mm-hmm. then, you know, say on each other. And then usually if it's, if both people need accountability, that can be really beneficial because then it's just like, it's just like, all right, I, if I'm doing this, you're doing it. And then you guys can kind of show up together and do it together. And you can even, even you could do it remote even too, to where it's like, you can do it on FaceTime and just have the phone by each other while you're doing whatever the exercise is. Or sometimes people um, participate in these groups to where you, you know, enter the numbers in. So there's all different levels of it and there's all different, you know, uh, like entry points as far as, you know, what resources you have. So don't let not having access to a trainer, um, keep you from, you know, figuring out a way to create accountability for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, so you got to, sh- you got to show up, you got to be together to do this. So yeah. Then- and so, so we finally got started and, and we did kind of like a mix of like cardio and strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, which was really fun for me to see, like, like you were benching with 20s. I remember I brought 20s to your house and you're like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I was like, I carried them all the way here. We're going to use them. And then you did it with pretty much no problem. And I was like, hell yeah. Okay. Um, Do you we have the super strong, s- strong arms, Santina? Sorry for asking the question that I'm sure everybody... No, no, I, I guess, I mean, when I, well, now I do, I feel good. Look, Erin, I wanted to show you. Look, oh, she's oh my gosh, look at this. It's good. I, I feel like biceps popping. I feel pretty yeah. toned right now. Also the tan always helps, but, um, pushing myself <laughs> around town has I can feel my arms starting to be strong again. Um, but yeah, just like anybody, I mean, I'll lose it if I don't use it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. just pushing around here and there is not enough. It's got. I need some resistance. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we did try a million things. I remember I brought over some bands that you could like put in the door and that the like the door like they like snapped at you. Remember that like snapped and hit you. In, <laughs> I hope not in the face. It was like the chest, I think. But that was horrifying to me. Um, but I don't even remember. Yeah. It. Oh yeah. Sorry. It you don't remember. You. I don't oh, even remember. Thank it. God. <laughs> thank God. I was so stressed. But we used the gym that your apartment building had. Mm-hmm. And one time we went swimming. That was fun. Oh yeah. Swimming. Swimming again is always a good standby. It's great exercise. If you have a spinal injury or if you're, you know, paralyzed, because I mean, it's great in- uh, exercise for anybody. But especially, you know what? 
as far as the strength of my arms, I my arms are strong, but what's not strong is my balance. And so it's very difficult for mm. me to lift from the floor. This is something we were working on a lot. It's like I can lift if you if you're, you know, if I'm laying on the couch, I could bench whatever, but then like to lift up even like four pounds sometimes it would be hard for me because I have no I have no core balance. Mm-hmm. And that could be very frustrating for me. That's yeah. and that's hard to train. I guess you get a little bit swimming, right? You can do because you're just using more whole body. She wanted to know when my core was the strongest. When I had a Yorkie who refused, who always wanted to come up on my lap, but re- didn't know how to get up on my lap himself. So he, I'd have to pick him up. And little by little, oh. you know, I'd, I'd lean over and I'd pick him up and I'd push myself up and I'd do it and I'd do it. And then after doing that every day for you know however many months, one day all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I just sat up and I didn't push myself up. So yeah. I did it. But again, this is my thing. I, I don't, I have to trick myself. I have to be doing something else in order for me to be working out. Like I have to be going to the pier to smoke a joint and write in my journal. That's the goal. <laughs> and then I get exercise on the way there. But if you don't tell me there's something fun or cute on the other side, uh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And Aaron uh, is both Aaron is both fun and cute, and that's why she was the perfect trainer for me. <laughs> yeah, it's something I never thought about, but I imagine your core because you're if you're in a chair, you're you're constantly passively stabilized. Yes, right. you know, so you're never like you're never having to engage your core, and it's hard, you know, because of your all your activities are from the chair, so you just never it just never happens. Right. And so if you're not like actively doing it. And if you're yeah. somebody that doesn't want to, you know, just do reps of something, you got to have a little Yorkie or you got to have a, a redhead trainer to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, right. Santina would tell me, uh, I, I cancel almost every time before you come here and I have to tell myself, it's just my friend Aaron coming to hang out. And that <laughs> that's a good idea. Laugh. But I also, I've had other clients say similar things of like, I just have to like trick myself into like, I'm just going to hang out for half an hour. Yeah. And then, and then they show up and I, I'll chit chat. If that's what someone wants to do, I'll chit chat. We can gossip. That's fine. I just want to know that you could do this shit I'm asking you to do. And so then they get both. They get a little fun. Is it professional? Probably not. But you know what? <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> your, it's your niche, your niche. So just, <laughs> that's right. Leave it. Don't mess yeah. with it. I think if you, if it is, if you can get somebody to be consistent, then that's the most important thing. I mean, exercise, it should be fun. If it's, if it's a fucking drag, you're not going to do it. So if you can figure out a way to make it fun or like, it's not, you know, this, this dirty word exercise, then that's, that's the key. Some people love it and some people don't. So you just, for those of us who don't, yeah, you might need a little something like hiding the, you know, the vegetables and the brownies. You need to trick yourself into wanting to do it. Spoonful of sugar um, is yep. what Mary Poppins called it. 
Um, that right. day that you yeah. and Jason uh, that I took that we went to the beach and then I had you guys do like races. Do you uh-huh. remember that? Yeah, that was that was so fun. And I a bunch of like other dumb, insane. It was like it was like a field day. Basically, I made you guys do the president's field day. I gave you guys stickers and uh, but that's I still have all those videos on my phone. So I think I might. I might bring those out for this episode. Oh Sorry. Boy. Oh, okay. boy. Please send what's me your, them for approval. Santina, mm-hmm. what's your favorite exercise to do with Aaron? Boxing. Oh, that's oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I boxing love is really the fun. boxing. Boxing is so, fun because it's like, I like things that feel like a game. So I like when she would shout out numbers and you have to sort of like do the numbers. And then I'd always add little dance moves and stuff to make her laugh to it, which mm-hmm. is always like, just yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm also show, competitive. Showboating a little bit. Showboating is what they call that. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, okay, yes, true. You know, I was thinking, it's like, I'm looking forward to when I can get, I probably could do it now, but what would make me exercise? Like, let's say I like to play Candy Crush, for example, and I'm just laying there and it's like my fingers. So zoop, 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 zoop. But if I had like a VR where I put on goggles, and played Candy Crush, like sort of the way you play Fruit Ninja or whatever it's called. And I could like do oh, that. Yeah. I would do that for like an hour because I'm competitive. I like playing games. I like when my mind is also like stimulated. So that I would do. I would do that and it'd be fun and it would be great exercise. But I need something like that. And a lot of times these like Wii Fitness or stuff like that. I don't know. For some, I guess I could do that, but that might it's be something as, I should it's do. It's not as immersive no, I've, it's not as listen, immersive. Right. I, I've seen I've seen some weirdos at the mall like playing the little Jedi games with the the big headset on, and it's like you swing a lightsaber around. Mm-hmm. That might you know I've only ever seen like little weirdo kids at the mall, but <laughs> I'm sure you could get a little setup for your house with that. And you know, I mean, I don't know the, have the, Je- the Jedi thing might not be as fun for you if you're not into that. But no, um, if they have like a nine hundred two and zero themed one or something, I would get that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, right? Yeah, something hey. like that would be fun because I like to compete even if it's against myself. You know? Yeah, that's cool. I'll that's a ask, good idea. I had a client that um, that did VR like workout type things. It wasn't like straight up workouts. It was similar. I'll, I'm going to ask because I, is, if I can find something like that, that would work, that might be fun. Even if you just tried it. Um, yeah. Especially for when it gets colder, you know, right now I'm going, strolling down the beach, going to the boardwalk, going to the pier. I'm not going to be doing that. in you know, yeah. You don't 50 be indoors. weather. I'm not doing yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And you don't want to be doing the v- VR stuff when it's nice out. No, absolutely no, no, no way. That's so a slippery that's a, slope to depression. Yeah. <laughs> Birds chirping, sun's uh-huh. out. You're fucking like candy crushing with the headset on. It's like Jesus. What have we become? Um, that's cool. There's got to be something like that, and that's actually like a good idea. Like I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it for exercise, but that seems like it could be a really fun. thing to get kids moving around and doing stuff too you know yeah yeah i think so as long as again it needs to be accessible because i remember like i was a dominator at guitar hero and then rock band came out with the drums and you had to kick like the drum and there was no way to disable the drum the kick part of it 
So I'm like, cool. So now I can't play this because it's not accessible. And it's a video game. Video games were always my standby. That was, again, like, remember earlier I said I liked things that put me on the same playing field as my friends. So Super Mario growing up, whatever it was, Sega, whatever game video games came out were like a great equalizer for my friends and me. But then once like, like people always say to me, you know, if you had to get out of wheelchair free card, what would you do? And I'm always like, go to the beach because I, I love, I'm a beach girl. And I like wish I, that's what I really miss is being able to just run into the ocean and run back onto the sand. And I probably Mm -hmm. would have loved beach volleyball. And the other thing I would do is I would play dance, dance revolution because I know that I would be (laughs) very good at that game. And I have had no chance to prove it. (laughs) <laughs> and I, you know, and, and when did video games get not wheelchair accessible? No. Yeah, yeah you're right. They should have like a hands dance revolution. <laughs> yeah. Um, that stuff is maddening because it's, you know, that if the decision makers were in a chair or knew somebody that was, they do it in a fucking second. They would do yeah, it in well- a second. My cousin is very big in that world. He worked on World of Warcraft. He worked on um, what's the one that all the kids love, where you have to do that dance where you go like this. Oh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Thank you. He worked on all that stuff, and now he's actually uh, doing his own company. He's like starting his own video gaming company, and it's going to be very successful. I know it is. And we grew up together. We're two weeks apart, and so he's always taking accessibility into account because he was exposed his entire life to somebody who needed it. And we played video games together all of our lives. So um, this is to me, this is like, great. I'm excited about the future, the being in his hands. Um, But hopefully there'll be more of it because I don't want people to just, there should be a way it it should be one button to disable the, the foot part. It's not, it's not, it's not hard at all. And it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't affect the people that, that don't need it in any way. And, and it's like the same thing you talk about, about having a city or um, a space that's accessible too, because it's like, they do all these fucking things for bike paths and all this shit. And mm-hmm. it's like strollers, it be, strollers, and it wouldn't be yeah. any more difficult to add in something for wheelchairs at all. And if they were, if they, if they knew somebody or were thinking about it, just even a little bit, they would fucking do it in a second. It wouldn't even yeah. be, it wouldn't even be a thought. It wouldn't even be. You know, like, uh, like they, it wouldn't even be a labored thought at all. Right. And when so, people started using those lime scooters or bird scooters or whatever the, whichever one, um, I remember hearing somebody say, oh, we need to make the city more, you know, we need to start paving because these scooters, it's hard for them to get around. And I'm like, roll my <laughs> eyes and I'm like, yeah, great. But in my head, I'm like, whatever. I don't even care what's the stupid reason. Just do it. I'm not going to yeah, argue yeah. about why yeah. that's like such a fucked up thing to say, but just do it. Great. Yeah. Yeah. The scooters, the scooters, let's do it. <laughs> the idiots that want to ride on a bird scooter on vacation. <laughs> we got to well, take care of those. Oh, people. I mean, there's yeah. just like endless videos of like old ladies falling off of them and stuff and oh you know, like <laughs> spilling their groceries and all that kind of shit. Oh my just God. like, what are you guys oh my doing? <laughs> Traumatizing. Yeah. Oh yeah what are they doing? <laughs> there are other ways. Go back yeah. to the mall. Walk around the mall. You're safe right Yeah, just walk safely. <laughs> and like you can see them kind of like struggling in the beginning. And it's just like, just fucking pull the ripcord and bail on. Don't do it. You know, and they push through and then they end up like, you know, like running off the road and all that kind of shit. Oh, no. I was in, I was on a, like a, uh, a trip with some buddies and uh, we, it was like, you know, in like a kind of a beachy area. 
and there was a place where you could um, rent these scooters and the scooters had like a little throttle on them. And so we all kind of got on there and we're riding around. And I have one friend who's <laughs> really competitive and athletic. And for some reason, like his brain, he couldn't get that. Like if you wanted to slow down, just stop throttling, you know, or you can break. And so he would get nervous and just throttle more. And then like, whoa, and like, just like keep spilling off the bike. And then the guys that were renting the stuff to us were like, we're not going to rent to this guy. No. Because <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't pass a little like area. Like, it was like it's just not syncing up with his brain. They had they made you do like a little kind of like, you had to just roll, you know, ride around a cone or something so that they would give you the the thing for the day. And he was so, it, we, were, we were there for like four or five days. It was like the first day. He was sulking the whole rest of the trip. I mean, this is like such a crushing blow to this guy's ego, you know, that like he had to just like sit, sit on a bench the whole time while we... But it was so, so funny. We have video of him crashing like two or three times that we'll like every, you know, time we get together, we'll all look at and laugh at him and stuff. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> anyway, a sad story. Uh, <laughs> another uh, super important thing to derail the conversation. But, uh, <laughs> it is the Miami sound machines. Uh, is what I do. So know. Santina, what are you doing nutrition wise right now? And, um, do you, are, are you getting back to, um, you know, cooking the fish and all that kind of stuff? Um, doing the old family recipes or not, not yeah, as much? A little bit here and there. I don't know. It's. You mentioned yeah. cutting soda. You're not drinking. I mean, you I occasionally we'll do a Coke. Yes, I'll do. A, I, uh, I think right now, basically I believe I do pretty much everything in moderation. You know, yeah. I don't eat like huge portions of stuff anyway. And then I, I don't know if intermittent fasting is good or not because I always hear conflicting things, but I try not to eat past, you know, like 8 PM, um, you know, or before like 11 AM, I'll just usually drink water or tea with nothing in it until a certain point. But sometimes, you know, like if you have, it's summer, so sometimes your friends want to go to dinner late or sometimes you have someone sleep over and they want to go to breakfast early. You know what I mean? So I don't, I'm not fanatical about anything that I do mm -hmm. in terms of fitness, but I try when I, it's just me to st sort of do everything in moderation. And then I take vitamins and, and right now at least three times a week, I'm like going down to this pier and really, really like getting this good exercise that just like feels like, I don't know, the, the breeze coming off the ocean. It, ju it just, it's like the nicest Feels and every healthy. day, every, yeah, every time I do it, I'm just like, do you feel that if I'm with somebody? I'm like, do you feel that breeze? Can you believe that this is all here for us in nature? Like, I'm just like in awe of it every time. I love it so much. And so that's been really good for me, just having that at my disposal. I don't know what's going to happen when winter rolls around. We'll see. Um, so speaking to the intermittent fasting, you asked about it. What's So what's happening now with that is that they've – you know, initially when that stuff was getting really popular, they would talk about how it kind of could help you um, manage your glucose and affected your blood sugar and, you know, and staved off, uh, you know, you know, metabolic syndrome, you know, or prediabetes and all that. And they found that it may not be as much as what they thought initially, but what it does that's indisputable is it does uh, help people manage your calories. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you're just, you just have less time to eat. And so you manage your calories. And so they found that people that are, that, that kind of stick to like an eating schedule, like you do when they can tend to eat less calories than when they're not. Um, but they were just, they were saying that like, it's not much of a difference between that and calorie restriction. So if you were just, so people that just eat, you know, early or later or whatever they, you know, calorie restriction, like the kind of like hormonal benefits that you were getting are the same as intermittent fasting. Um, so that was kind of like the big bombshell. That being said, there are benefits to eating the way you do too, as far as like gut rest and digestion and better sleep, you know, so cutting the calories off early, like you do, um, Mm -hmm. allows for better, you know, improved digestion and then you sleep better. Um, so you get like, you know, you're able to get that kind of Delta wave sleep, which is really beneficial and it's good. You get less of a stress response. Um, so that's also good for, you know, burning calories and then not holding on to belly fat and all that. Cause if you have like a big cortisol response, um, that you would get from like eating late, um, you know, you, 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 you tend to hold on to like belly fat more. Yeah, and, so and then you wake up and that's, that's, change careers to sumo, sumo wrestler. wrestler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh my gosh, yeah. your dad was right. He was yeah. right. I know, and it's such a great visual, and it's just easier for me because I've never been good at counting calories or knowing how many calories sure. something is. I don't care, and like I said, I want to eat the pasta. I want to eat the thing, whatever it is. I want to eat it, the burger. So, the cheesesteak, like it's summer, you know, and I'm on the disco I'm on fries. The, boardwalk i haven't had those in a while but um but i i live by i mean i live up the street from carnival food you know i live up the street from the boardwalk so if i want to eat something like that i will um as long as yeah as long as it's not at like midnight or something we're talking funnel cakes and corn dogs like that kind of stuff yeah but see i don't you don't fuck with that i not much i mean really not much i'm I'm more drawn to healthier food, but there's like, like a burger, you know, and I'm, and I'm like with bun, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes with I'll take bun. off the, sometimes I'll take off the bottom, bun. I went for a while there. I cut carbs. Like when I booked a movie, I was like, I cut carbs and, uh, ate, did the lettuce wrapped thing. But honestly, it's just too messy for me. I gotta be honest. I, I don't, don't, I don't mind. Yeah. It. You gotta have something to soak in the juices. That's where the bread comes in. So sometimes I'll, but, but what I will do sometimes is take off half the bun. Hmm. And then yeah. that's like still tastes that's good. A, still. Yeah. So I'll compromise. do little things like that. I'll just do little things like that. Or I'll try to add rather than take away. I'll try to add like, you know, um, I'll have some blueberries with my breakfast or, you know, I try to have like fruit and like I try to add stuff rather than take stuff away. Cause I don't do well with, if you're like, you can't do this. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm yeah. going to do it more. <laughs> no, don't tell me that. So, you know, that's so another great piece of advice that when people are trying to ch- yeah. adjust their diet, focus on the additions as opposed to the emissions initially so that yeah. you don't have that fear of like not having the stuff you love. So yeah. just tr- trying to like add some more, you know, healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables into your diet before you worry about what you're cutting out can can do a lot for somebody it's just more manageable for me because if i do something extreme like cut out carbs for whatever i you know that's where i'll it works believe me i lost weight that time period for that film and think and now it's immortalized forever and 
you know, and people that's can watch perfect. it. Yeah. And that's great. <laughs> but I w- right after that, I sh- filmed that, I went to Italy. So guess who started eating carbs again immediately? And then by the time <laughs> I came, I'm not going to not eat carbs in Italy. What a waste of money. Uh, so- yeah, you're a psycho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. So then uh, when I came back, I had incorporate you know i had been eating carbs so now i was back to square one you know it's like whatever and so i just don't do well with any extreme uh you know um fasting or like um what detoxing or like anything like that where you like have to do something just drink like cayenne pepper water for three days i don't do well with stuff like that (laughs) and so that's just setting myself up for failure so i know that so i just don't yeah don't i just don't mess good and And that stuff's not sustainable anyway it's not. And you know what I always do? Like on the days where I'm like, mm, do I want a salad or do I want the burger? I'm like, get the salad. If you're even a little bit want the salad, get the salad. Cause then there's going to be a day where I'm like, I couldn't dream of eating a salad. And then I'm not going to get the salad that day. I'm not going to force myself mm-hmm. on that day. So I try to like, look at my, my, my health, my eating more like over the span of the month than I do over the day to day to day because, or maybe even the week because um, I don't, I just don't want to torture myself. I just don't want to torture myself. Also the fact that I'm here in Jersey doing this like Jersey summer, I'm sort of on like a three month vacation. And you know what, when you have vacation brain, you're like, I'll just do whatever I want. So that's kind of like where my (laughs) brain is right now. So if I want the the crappy thing, I'm going to eat the crappy thing. Just, and then maybe tomorrow I'll just do better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's I mean, beautiful. it's all fucking really good, actionable advice. Like, it yeah. all, everything you're relatable. saying, like, makes sense, is relatable, and it's stuff that people could do. And I think that's, it's great advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've tr- tried to say similar things, but, like, I've, like, rambled over, like, five <laughs> hours. And, like, you just put it really <laughs> succinctly to where people could, like, grab onto it, as opposed to, like, deciphering my fucking babbling no. garbage. <laughs> No, I mean, but also when you're in a wheelchair and you are so rooted, you know, when you don't, you can't move, have the full body workout. Cause I would do that sweating to, to the oldies with friends. And by the end of it, they would be sweating more than me because they're doing the whole thing. And I'm just doing the whole up the upper half. Right. Um, and so you don't get as much cardio. I don't think when you're in a wheelchair, probably cause you're not doing full body. So I do have to pay attention to what I eat, but if it's, but it has to be sustainable and manageable over time or else, like I said, or else I'm setting myself up for failure. And I just, and I, I don't want to think about it every day. I, I have enough problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really, I really love that yeah. to where if you're even considering a healthy choice, take the healthy choice mm-hmm. because there's going to be those days where it's not, it's going to be like, you know what? It's got to be a fucking I got to go with the garbage and mm-hmm. there's no yeah. way around it. And that's, mm-hmm. but if you have, you know, 10 or 15 days under your belt of making the healthy choice because it was, you were on the fence, then that's fine. You can manage, you can weather the storm. Yeah. That's yep. great. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Oh, Santina, this was Thank so you. good. Yeah. Oh, good. Thanks for, sh- thanks for sharing everything. And also thanks for all the fucking great advice. A lot, of, a lot of wisdom coming out of Santina today. I had no idea that would be the case, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't. So happy to help. <laughs> hey, our listeners, definitely not us. We're like totally good and we don't have any, you know, hard days. So like our <laughs> listeners really will use this advice. 
Um, I have written it all down, so I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, just, it is from my journal. So (laughs) (laughs) make the healthy choice. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Oh, Santina's, uh, AirPod jumped out of her ear. She's fucking tired of, it's tired of hearing me. It's just like, tell this guy to shut up. I'm bailing. Committed it suicide. Happened, so I'm out. <laughs> that happened to me on that pier the other day, and I got lucky because it there's like these slats, and it almost it would have gone Ooh. through, but no, but it didn't. Whew. You'd have that to get like a piece stop. of gum and a stick or something. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. someone with the tiniest arm you've ever known. Um, Santina, is there, where can people find you? Um. Instagram mostly at Santina Muha and I guess I TikTok sometimes also at Santina Muha and uh, where can they or they could just find me on the boardwalk (laughs) what's the movie uh, what's the movie that you did your carb cut for don't worry he won't get far on foot with Joaquin Phoenix oh yeah great yeah Gus Van Sant yeah that was fun yeah special That had a lot of UCB people in it, which probably a lot of your former, maybe some of your guests. I don't know. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Good movie. We're, we're technically not promoting it. We just mentioned it. We're not promoting anything. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not promoting. No, we're just promoting a fun time with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) it. Uh, So great. Um, so if people want to find Santina, you can find her on her Instagram or TikTok. It's her name, Santina Muha, uh, M-U-H-A. And mm-hmm. if you want to find the Dumbbells, we are at the Dumbbells across all social media platform. Very active on Instagram these days. Check us out on Instagram. Um, tw- Twitter, I think, is a thing. Still there, yeah. Still around. <laughs> uh, Friendster. We're on, yeah. Uh, We're on Ashley Madison, um, (laughs) Raya. Oh, gosh. Raya, what are you, DJs? (laughs) We are influencers and DJs on Raya. Um, And uh, if you have a question, where can they find us, uh, Aaron? They can email us anything they want at askthedumbbells at gmail.com. Beautiful. So on behalf of myself and Aaron McGowan, we're the Dumbbells and our wonderful guest today, Santina Muha. We'd like to remind everybody that's out there listening to train dirty, eat clean, and live in between. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Yay! That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>